Welcome back to the In the Dugout podcast. My name is Jason Ward, aka Red Sox Dugout, alongside Joey Nagel, Garrett Jacobs Meyer, and Alex Jefferson. A full cast for you on this Sunday night. How's everybody doing? What's up? Hi, everyone. We're back. We are ready to talk some socks. There has not been a whole lot going on to talk about. Stove is nice and cold, as it always is, early into the MLB free agent season because MLB free agency sucks. But the Red Sox do have a few transactions to talk about. We got our guy, Jolie Rodriguez, Joely, however you want to say it, peanut butter and Joely. That's my nickname for him. Sorry, that's, that's my first draft. Um, he is a relief pitcher. He's a lefty. We needed a lefty. He, he isn't anything crazy special. Uh, I think the comparison that Joey just made was Jake Diekman. Um, maybe with a little better control because it's hard to have worse control than Jake Diekman. Um, but he was pretty good down the stretch from the Mets uh, from August 1st last year to the end of the season. 23 innings pitched, a 274 ERA, uh, 9.4 Ks per nine. He was pretty good uh, towards the end of the season from the Mets. So he can be a middle of the bullpen guy for the Red Sox, a lefty reliever for the Red Sox. Uh, he only it's a one year deal for two million, so I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. One year deal. Yeah. yeah I can't yeah. complain about it. Let's I see. mean if he's a middle relief guy, you're in good shape, right? It means the rest of the bullpen can't be that terrible. Any bullpen is good bullpen. <laughs> <laughs> well, unless he actually turns out like Jake Diekman, that would be bad. Diekman had a couple good games. Only a yeah. couple, but he had a, good I, had a couple I, bad ones I feel like, too. I feel like I feel like you can say that about the entire team this year, though. They had a I remember a couple games. of. Like, sorry, I remember a couple of Jake Diekman's actually nasty texts being sent. That, that was, was pretty cool. early on in the season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But then yeah, it got to I the remember point where you'd rather jump in a bathtub full of glass than watch Jake Diekman <laughs> throw another pitch. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what happened, but I want to say there was one game. It might have been that Angels game where he came on didn't record an out and like give a grand slam or like four runs and just blew it. So yeah, as long as, as long as he's better than that. Um, Oh, Oh my God. Whoa. Garrett just put up a whiteboard here. What do you, he's drawn great for our podcast audience. Well, yeah, sorry. I, I didn't expect you guys to stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot stop talking. You put up this giant white screen right in front of my face when I'm trying to talk socks here. Oh, I'm so sorry. You're you're used to giant. Anyway, anyways, okay. um, yeah. So we we got uh peanut butter and Joely there for the bullpen. The other guy we got, guys. I know you're excited about him. Hoy Park, the shortstop. Um, he will be replacing Xander Bogarts as our franchise the shortstop. The heir to the throne. What did we trade for him? An 18 year old. Yeah, an eighteen-year-old. So he had a sub-one ERA in uh, in the lowest level of the Red Sox farm system. That's yeah, it's all. funny. It was funny watching Red Sox fans on Twitter or Instagram react to this because there were two different parts that I found very funny. One, they're like, "Why are we trading this guy? He had a sub-one ERA. He had a sub-one ERA, lowest level of professional baseball, playing against sixteen and seventeen-year-olds." Yeah, so he's playing against people who have to write an essay that later that night, like. It's relaxing. Um, and then they're also freaking out. Why did we trade for a shortstop? Does this mean Xander's not coming back? Hoy Park is not going to be, 
not going to be bad in the three hole for your Boston Red Sox going out there to shortstop 162. Can we uh, can we talk Xander rumors? Because I read something about him lately, recently. I mean, we got to give Hoy Park shine, but yeah. All right, whatever. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, I there's like nothing really to talk about. I don't even know if Hoy Park's real. I don't. He's got a little pop. I like his swing. Okay. I mean, he's replacing Yu Chang, who played maybe a game for us. I'm I'm glad that Yu Chang will not be returning. I have no qualms with Yu Chang. I mean, I wasn't watching the team at that point to even see him play, so. I don't even know who Yu Chang is. All right, beautiful. Uh, he played for us. Yeah, so you can see we're, we're digging to the bottom of the barrel here for Red Sox news. But let's get into some <laughs> interesting stuff. Zan, or, uh, Garrett alluded to it, Xander Bogarts. There has been some stuff coming out. I mean, obviously, as we say every single episode, the main storyline of the Boston Red Sox of this offseason is Xander Bogarts. And he's a full free agent now. He's, in theory, talking to other teams, um, getting wined and dined. But, uh, according to Chad Jennings, the comments the Red Sox have made about wanting to re-sign him are serious, not just pandering. So that's a pretty encouraging thing to see. Um, I mean, it'll be better to actually see him re-sign. <laughs> but like, that's, that's encouraging to see that the Red Sox are legitimately serious about bringing back Xander. It is a good sign. I saw something that the Dodgers wanted him. Yeah. The Dodgers want everyone. Yeah, and they, they the pay everyone, though. I mean, fair enough. I'd like to see us pay him. His good friend Marcus Betts is over in L.A., so. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, the Dodgers scare me, Um, but the team that, that scares me the most is the Phillies still because you got Dave Dombrowski there, so you have that connection. And we know Dave Dombrowski very well, and we know that he will break the bank for a guy like Xander Bogarts, especially because he knows what he's going to get from Xander Bogarts. That's the team that scares me the most, the Phillies. But I'd like to think that we can rely on the fact that Xander Bogarts wants to play in Boston. So as long as we can get close to the Phillies offer, we don't even have to match the Phillies offer, but just get close enough to a respectable point where Xander's like, all right, you showed that you want me. I'm coming back to Boston. You gave me a fair deal. Um, but if we don't approach there, then I think the Phillies is probably the top option for Bogarts to go to. Um, if it's not the Phillies, because when you, when you talk about the, the shortstop market out there, you got Trey Turner, Dansby Swanson, Carlos Correa, and you look at some of the different teams that need shortstops. So you know the Braves want to bring back Dansby Swanson. If they can't get him, maybe they look at Bogarts. Um, the Phillies, same thing like with Trey Turner, I think is their top option, but they might pivot to Bogarts. Um, and then like the Dodgers. But it, it, if everything shakes out like well, there's enough shortstops for every team. You can have... <laughs> Trey Turner, go to the Phillies. You can have Dansby go back to the Braves. You can have Correa go to the Dodgers. And then Bogarts fits in very nicely with the Red Sox. So hopefully that happens. <laughs> A team that scares me would be the Cubs um, because they're definitely going to be in on the shortstops too this year. And they're kind of like the odd man out when it comes to what you were just saying, how everyone can get their shortstop. The Cubs could really screw that up for not only just us, for everyone. And also the Cubs have some former Red Sox employees in their front office too. Um, so that's a little concerning. But yeah, Dombrowski's definitely the the biggest concern because he was the one who was able to strike that first extension with Bogarts. Mm -hmm. So that definitely means something. I just I just think he's gone. Like I don't think there's anything the Sox can do. Like 
I mean, you said like you sent it in a group chat earlier, Jason, that they offered him two twenty and he was looking for three hundred. That was Devers, not Bogarts. Oh well, I mean that's still a bad look on the Bogarts end of things because he sees that and hears that from his best bud and he's like, oh, why would I come back? Okay, Falga. Yeah. I don't yeah. even want Bogarts back. He's not really that good. I, get rid of him. Oh, Mike, Mike, he sucks. He sucks. Look at his defense, Mike. He was like a gold he can't feel the ground ball. Short, shortstop last year, was he not? Like, wasn't he like? Oh yeah, his defense. Oh yeah, took a, a major. Like it was major. Uh, better. It was major better. Yep. When Bogarts um, wants to try on defense, he can be a good defender. Like, there's a reason his defensive numbers are a lot better in the playoffs than in the regular season. He saves himself. Yeah, and then I mean, he put in a much better defensive season last year, right before becoming a free agent. So he's really coming off of his best defensive season while he's out there negotiating contracts, which is not great for us. Um, I saw, I saw like one potential range Bogarts could be in would be like seven years for like a hundred eighty nine, hundred ninety million. I don't. I would give him six for one eighty. I think if I mean, the I'd Sox gave him too, six but... for 180, that he would accept that in a heartbeat. Six for 180 would be 30 million a year. Yeah. yeah. My guess <sighs> is that the Sox are probably looking more in the 22 to 25 range. Um, give him 27. I think that's fair. Yeah, I I agree. Split that. But yeah. I think if the Sox called Bogarts tonight and they said six 180 and hung up the phone, he would say yes. I don't think he would. No, I don't think he would today. I think that's the problem. It's so early. This is the way that Scott Boris negotiations, especially, go um, in baseball. Is when it's still November, you can give him the money that he wants now, the perfect offer, but you're not going to accept that now because it's November. Scorp- Scott point. Boris is going to make their client wait because if we keep giving them giving Bogarts new offers without him really doing anything, if we just keep upping the money every single like week or month or whatever then why not wait until right before spring training to get the highest possible offer? Like if we're going to give our best max offer right now, then Bogarts has no reason to take it right now. He's going to wait and see if we just keep getting more desperate and keep upping it. So I, I think that's why I'm not really concerned about the fact that there has been no signing or the numbers aren't quite there yet because it is early and you kind of have to play the long game and negotiate negotiation like this. I don't think that you have to worry about like the Phillies swooping in and giving him this crazy good offer and taking him off the market. I think it's you're going to have to keep inching up the offer um, until you get kind of closer to the deadline where you're like, all right, now we can actually take things seriously and here's the best we got, take it or leave it type thing. Yeah, well, the biggest thing is that I just checked the winter meetings start a week from today. So that's, that's key. That's the biggest thing. So um, all of next week will be the winter meetings. And that's where I believe, I think that's where the first domino falls. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the first shortstop moves. I don't think all of them will, but we should see a good uptick in signings, or at least I would hope so. Maybe rumors, um, but you know, you never know right now with how the Red Sox are, are acting with, um, with how closely they're keeping everything. Yeah, um, I do want to touch on that a little bit later. But one thing I was going to say is Bogarts is not going to be the first shortstop off the market because I think he's probably, 
you could argue Trey Turner, but I, I'd like to think that Bogarts is the top shortstop on the market. So he's not going to be the first one to go. You're going to see a Dansby Swanson or Carlos Correa go first and kind of set um, the bar for the shortstop market. So if you're hoping for Bogarts to sign soon, it's just not going to happen. It's going to be a while is the main I was, um I was looking at some some facts and numbers online. Most stuff is just predicting um, around 31 a year for both those guys, Bogarts and Correa. I don't look up Turner. Yeah, Turner's definitely going to get the most. I I think we can all agree on that. He'll probably end up getting the most money. Which makes me think Phillies or Dodgers, because those I feel like are the two teams that would give out the most money. I could see the Cubs too. I think those are the three teams, but I don't think he wants to. The biggest thing when he got traded to the Dodgers was that he didn't want to stay there because he wanted to remain on the East Coast, Mm -hmm. which tells me Phillies. I agree. Yeah, I'd hope so. I could I could sleep a little better at night if he if the Phillies fill their shortstop need. Yeah, I mean, if you can get Dave Dombrowski out of the ear of Bogarts, that's perfect for us. Yeah. So the other side of the Bogarts thing that is also playing a role is Rafael Devers. And there has been some stuff that's come out about him and the contract talks with him. As Alex mentioned, um, the Sox endeavors, according to John Heyman, so take that how you will, are about $80 million apart. The Red Sox offered him 220 and he wants 300 He wants 10 years for 300 I don't really know how to feel about it because like some sides will say, oh, only eight, $80 million apart. That's not bad. But then you also think about like $80 million is a lot. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like I said, it is early, but $80 million, I think... At least we're not offering him some garbage contract like we have in the past with what we originally did for Bogart's endeavors. Like at least it's real money. Like two hundred twenty million is a legit offer. Yeah, that's a real offer, but it's like not enough. And we all know that's not enough. Yeah. Well, there's also no way that Raphael Devers signs before Bogart's. Simply no way. I don't know. I I on um on Carabas's pod, they've talked about this before, and uh, they believe that signing Devers first is the more important thing. And I, I get it because ultimately, if you have to keep one of these guys, I think Devers is your guy just because he's younger. And then it might also have the same effect where if you know Bogart sees his buddy Devers get treated right, then he's more willing to return. Um, but like at this point with Devers, I'm concerned that he's never actually gonna he he's never gonna actually consider re-signing i think he's waited all this time he's one year left on his deal he's in the same spot bogarts was last year why don't why don't you just wait out the year play it you know bet on yourself play a good season and test the market get to hear other teams offers because if you're gonna wait this long and you know how good you are like why would you why would you throw that all away? Yeah. <laughs> it's a good point. It's unfortunate. It like that's where you screwed up. Devers should have been signed last offseason. Oh, yes. We can blame, no we doubt. Can blame the lockout all we want, but it, it, even if there wasn't a lockout, they weren't gonna get anything done. Because they imagine just imagine if they just Devers didn't care was about. signed, if Devers was signed last year, imagine how much easier that'd make everything. Like you'd have him locked up, and then Bogart's negotiations would be so much easier. You'd be like, we got your best friend here to come on back. Like it's just you. Like we don't have this other star cornerstone of our team 
um, that's questionable. Like he's locked up, come on back. It just, it was a whiff when we didn't do that. And now we're kind of facing the consequences of that. So maybe, maybe you're right. I mean, if we could sign Devers first, that'd be pretty cool. And that would really help a lot and kind of make up for that. But I, I don't know. It's, I can go either way on it. Like I can see like Devers signs first and then Bogarts wants to come back. Bogarts signs first and Devers wants to come back. Like he can go either way in my mind. My mind's kind of changed now at this point though, because I think if hypothetically, if Devers were to resign tomorrow, I think that might take them out of the Bogarts running. If they had signed Devers last year, that wouldn't be a problem. But I, I guess at this point, I can kind of see it as them making a choice in what direction they're going to go. Like they could still obviously reach out to Bogarts, but if Devers were to resign first at this point, my confidence in Bogarts re- returning would actually go down because I, I could see them investing that money elsewhere. I mean, that, that is the, the tough part is like when you're talking about both of their contracts together, it's nearly half a billion dollars. Yeah. It's stupid. Uh, There's just way too many question marks. Because another thing with the Devers extension, if you got this done last year, you're saving yourself probably $50 million. Mm-hmm. Yep. I also think it's important, like, the Red Sox know they need to spend money in other places to get better because, like, there are very clear holes in this team. And we have prospects in the infield that are, like, you know, developing and coming up. And obviously, I want Bogart's endeavors both to stay. Like, I'm a huge fan of them but like there we the red sox as an organization need to invest in pitching and like how are you going to do that when 500 mil of your salary cap is taken up by two guys you can't just lose you just can't lose both of them though you can't yeah i think that's the biggest thing i think joey's right that like you kind of have to choose now because you waited on devers too long but well, hopefully they're not tied to each other a little bit, you know, like um, it's kind of a tough pitch when you're like, I'm going to pay you all this money, but there's no guarantee we're going to win because we just lost a, a, a fantastic player. Um, hopefully one of those guys will, will bend. Well, the other thing that scares me too, is like if we go the whole off season, so focused on Xander Bogarts and Raphael Devers, so focused on waiting out those negotiation talks and waiting to see what happens with that. We can't let all the other free agents go wherever they go. We can't let those gaps in our team stay unfilled. Like Heim Bloom really has to kind of keep his his mind on both things at the same time. He needs to be fully involved in the Xander Raphael Devers talks, but he also needs to be actively looking at ways to improve this team outside of them too. Because if you go the whole offseason, like if you if you end up signing back Xander Bogarts and Raphael Devers say in January or February and you do nothing else because you're so focused on that you basically just get back the same team that was a last place finish last year you have so many other things that you need to address you need to be actively working on that at the same time absolutely and you know you also have to take into account that like I mean Heim he's a prospects guy like who's to say he's not going to want to bet on his youth and his like you know his farm system that leads me to think that he's less inclined to bring back guys for contracts that he might view as too much because he still has that small market mindset. 
Well, that's where ownership comes into play. I mean, obviously, that's the biggest question mark with this Red Sox team is what does ownership even want? What is what is John Henry cooking up in that old brain? And we don't know. So it really does depend on whether or not John Henry and Tom Warner sat down high and bloom or like, all right, we want to go all in. We want to invest money in this team. We want to be a winning team again. Whether that conversation happened or not, I don't know. But whether it did happen affects what Bloom does this offseason and how much money he's allowed to dish out because it's not his money that he's playing with here. So that really, what the ownership comes up with, what they want, is really crucial to what happens this this offseason. Yeah, I mean, I guess you take it as like an okay sign that, I mean, I don't know if you guys talked about this in the last episode because I wasn't here, but like them selling Liverpool yeah, we mentioned that. Um, like, does does that does that constitute them being more willing to invest more money into the Sox? Maybe. Um, I'm the only one promising thing that I saw. I forget if it was a Heyman report or someone else, but the quote was like, "The Red Sox are going to be up there with some of the biggest spenders this off season." I don't know if that was coming from like a league executive or just speculation, um, but that is encouraging. I hope that's true. We. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but uh, no team has really spent anything. Like the only significant, somewhat significant free agent signed like an hour ago, Mike Clevenger to the White Sox, and he's not even that crazy. So, yeah, I mean, but this—that's just kind of what you get with baseball free agency. Like a lot of it, it's awful. It so happens awful. Slowly. Yeah, especially when you compare it to sports like the NBA or the ML or the uh, NFL. Exactly. Just takes there's so, and there's so many steps and processes with the with the MLB and their free agency. Yeah. Um, but as Joey mentioned, winter meetings in a little bit should really get the talks flowing and the, the stove turned on. So we'll see what happens when that rolls around. Um, that's enough Devers and Bogart's talk for me. That was your weekly update on those guys. Um, something else happened. Uh, what is it? Nathan Avaldi? forgot his name for a second. Woo. He uh, he declined his qualifying offer. It doesn't really mean anything other than the fact that he wants a long-term deal. Um, so he is a free agent. But because we offer the qualifying offer, if any team signs him, they will lose a draft pick. Um, the Red Sox will get a draft pick. So that makes it hard for t- any team other than the Red Sox to kind of be fully interested in him. So that helps us. Um I feel like he'd want to come back if we give him a long-term deal and we were talking with him before the deadline for the qualifying offer. Uh, so there is mutual interest. Um, do we want Nathan Navaldi back? Yeah. I say, yeah, you're not going to get, I, I, I think so. Idea. He's yeah. kid. He's not only is he still like a very good pitcher. He's not the ACE he was two years ago, but uh, we saw it this season with Bayo. He's been a really good mentor, and I think that's only going to continue. He's one of the leading voices in the clubhouse, and you've been losing those those leading voices recently. You're going to get JD out the door this offseason too. You got to hang on to some of these guys, and if you lose Bogarts too, then all of a sudden you're 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 captain. I wouldn't name Nate as a captain necessarily, but the veteran presence would be Nate. Uh, he's someone you need to keep around, especially when you have such a, a high prospect with Bayo, someone who has potential to become an ace themselves. So yeah, I, I think it, I think it's a no brainer. He, he wants to be here. He said he wants to be here and I don't think it's going to break the bank. I think somewhere in the 
two like two for twenty five would would be close. Two for twenty eight, you'd get him. I'm not too worried about it. He's not going to ask for the nineteen million a year that the qualifying offer has. He doesn't care about the money. He cares about the the length. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you also have to look at it as a point of like. I mean, Bayo is still developing. You know, you've got a lot of, you know, starting pitchers still developing. You need a little bit of holdover until those guys have, like, fully come into their own. Like, and like Joey said, he's he is a good mentor piece. And, like, I don't I don't see why you wouldn't want to keep that part of your rotation going over the next few years. Yeah, I mean, I think the main draw for bringing back Evaldi for me is the consistency. Like, you've had him with your team for several years now, and you know what you can get from him. You're familiar with him. And with this awful rotation that we currently have that we need to work on, you don't know what you're going to get from really anyone across the board. So to bring back a guy where you pretty much know what you're going to get from him um, and you know that he can be really good, it, it feels like a no-brainer, like Joey said, to bring him back. He should be re-signed. He was a top five Cy Young finish uh, in 2021 as well. So And you've seen what you can do in the playoffs too. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, if you're playing for the playoffs, there's no one I'd rather have on my pitching staff than Nathan Evaldi. Yep. Speaking of guys that you'd uh, rather have on your pitching staff, Ryan Brazier, I'd rather have anyone in the whole entire world on my pitching staff other than him. They don't even have to be a baseball player. Like, I <laughs> I don't. He <clears throat> he was tendered a contract. He could have very easily been non-tendered. He could have been left for dust and gone forgotten about forever but no the red Sox bring him back because heim bloom killed someone and ryan brazier was the only guy who saw it happen i don't understand it makes me so irrationally angry that this guy just keeps sticking around for no good reason there's no stat anywhere in the world that points to him being good at baseball he's 35 years old so it's not like he's young he in 155 innings pitched he has a 4.83 ERA since 2018. So you got the sample size. In seven of his last 16 months, he's had an ERA over seven. Over seven. Why? 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 Why is he still on the Red Sox? How much is he getting paid? Anything? Millions. It doesn't matter. Two million? It doesn't matter. He could be paid. He could be paid in like expired grapes, and it would be too much. <laughs> It is absurd that this dude, not even, it's absurd that he has a major league contract, but it's absurd that he even has a baseball contract. He couldn't even play for the Savannah Bananas. Like, he is so bad. And he's 35. Like, retire and go into real estate or something. Like, go away, please. No, they, um, they signed it. They signed him on a deal. That's why he was projected to get more in arbitration. Instead, they signed lower than that, so they got it. They got Brazier on a discount. Whoop de do! Like a like oh. a half a million discount. Man, I'm looking up Ryan guy. Brazier stats right now because I'm angry. You know what happens when you Google Ryan Brazier stats? Google makes a, a fart vortex, noise. A vortex comes out of your computer, <laughs> get eaten alive. A demon, yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't know, I. I have no words left to express how ridiculous it is that this guy still pitches for my favorite team in the major leagues. I, just please I go mean, away. For every day that Ryan Brazier is still on the Red Sox, the Red Sox need to 
need to pay reparations to their fans, honestly. Like, <laughs> yeah, I would say, you know, if we're being fair, a hundred dollars a day to every fan of the Red Sox as an apology for keeping Ryan Brazier on this roster. Because if yeah, you're going to pay him money, you might as well pay us money too. I'm going to sue the Red Sox. I think they need to pay me for these damages. I, it's unacceptable. Anyways, that's enough of him. Um, <laughs> Red Sox are interested in Kenley Jansen. He's better than Ryan Brazier. I would be yeah. cool with Kenley Jansen. They're interested I, in him. Last this. time he was a free agent too. I don't well, want to jinx it, but I think that we are 100% getting Kenley Jansen. I swear you said that last year. I feel like I heard you say that last year. <laughs> well, exactly. Because we were in on him last year. It looks like he's not going to go back to the Braves. The Red Sox and the Braves were his two finalists last year. So I think he's coming here. Uh, he's old, but I'll take it. I know. It's like, yeah, you get a closer, but like. Okay, but do you, do you get him as your closer? Or do you get him as like a, a seventh, yeah, eighth inning guy? I, I, I think you get him as a closer. And. This past season, I'm pretty sure he was he was pretty shaky at times with the Braves. He would allow base runners, but ultimately get the save. So if we do get Kenley, it's gonna be it's gonna be a double or it's gonna be bittersweet. Yay, we get a closer, but yikes, it's gonna be scary. It's gonna be in your throat every time he pitches. He had a 3.38 ERA with the Braves last year in 65 games. A lot of saves, though. I think. I yeah. believe he broke. Yeah. I mean, um, theme of the podcast, better than what we have now. So <laughs> We just need to move in the right direction. Yeah. Let's get better. <laughs> and that he would make us better. So I'll take it. But as we've, as we've talked about, we mentioned it last episode, there's only so many good options out there for pitching on the... Um, free agent market. So the biggest part of this offseason I think is going to be what does Heim Bloom do in the trade market? Like who can we acquire? And part of that is going to be giving up prospects to get big names. So I want to talk a little bit about what prospects we'd be willing to give up for a high-end starting pitcher, high-end closer because every team wants pitching. Every year it's the same, pitching is in high demand, so you're going to have to give up a decent amount to get anything good. But it's okay because Heim Bloom has built up a really good farm system with some really good prospects that could be traded. <laughs> um, and there's no better time to do that than now. I think Mayer is definitely untouchable. Casas is definitely untouchable. Bayo. But then, there, then there's Bayo. Yeah, he's untouchable. Um, Nick York, I said was untouchable, but now I don't really know... It kind of depends on what happens with the whole Devers thing or Bogarts thing. Yeah. He uh, also had you... kind of a rough year this year, so you're kind of selling low on him. Right. Um this this Raffaella guy. I don't really Yeah, he's a beast. He's insane. And I don't really know, don't know where he came from. from. He came oh, out of nowhere. He's just like he he's a beast. Yeah. So Everyone do we sell high on that or do we keep him around? I don't really know. Look at his swing. He, when I say he has the exact same swing as Mookie Betts, it is the exact same swing. Bold, kid. Bold. He's not the player that Mookie is, but like he is the biggest thing with him. They say he is, he's already going to be an elite defender in the major leagues, no matter what. 
So it looks like his floor is basically JBJ, but he's got speed too, so he can steal bags. And we're forgetting uh, base stealing might be having a comeback in baseball now. So, um, what position does he play? He he plays everywhere. He's an infielder that they're turning into an outfielder. Oh, that sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but I think I think he played center field for the Sea Dogs last year for the most part. So he's got ridiculous speed, really good athlete. I don't know if he's going to be able to hit at the major league level. That's the biggest thing. He's got a he's got pop and he's hitting like really well right now, but he swings at everything. So at the major leagues, that might not work. So high. Sell you could high. sell high on him, but I'd also be really upset if he turns into a good player. I'd be really upset if we don't sell high on him and he turns into a bust. So it goes both ways there. True. I'm big on trading prospects. Yeah. I, Especially I, for proven I, talent, absolutely. I feel like prospects work out maybe 30% of the time. I don't know. I'm just making that up. But I've had so many like... I think of Jay Groom. They're like, this dude's going to be the next Chris Sale, Randy Johnson. He's like, he's a bum. Same. Oh my God, Henry Owens. Same thing with him. Bum. It just happens so often. Like, we traded Yohan Mankata for Chris Sale, and like, Mankata's good. He's like a serviceable major leaguer, but he's nothing crazy special. And we got Chris Sale and won a World Series. Trade <laughs> prospects. Trade, trade prospects, please. <laughs> Do um, didn't we have a prospect? I'm trying to find his name. I saw that we had a guy who stole like 70 bases. Oh, David Hamilton. Yeah, he can only steal bases. He sucks. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. We got him for Hunter Renfro. Him and oh. Benil. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Hunter Renfro, um, yeah. the Mike Trout carbon copy is now playing with Mike Trout. So I wonder how that's gonna be. Well, they have to play every other day. They it's can't play in the game. same day. No. <laughs> the universe would explode. You see the Angels have a prospect named Mike Fish? No way. Yo, really? Yeah, they do. Angels are cloning people or something. I mean, between the 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 Renfro Trout lookalike, Mike Fish, like there's something weird going on in LA there. We better we better take Shohei Otani out of there. We don't want him involved in all that. <laughs> True. All that tomfoolery. Yeah. Smooth. One guy we haven't really talked about is Judge. There's a question. Yeah. About Judge, a listener question. Yeah. The whole Judge the Boston storyline was really fun. Like towards the end of the season. Like yeah, talking well, to my Yankees fan friends. I was like, how does it feel that you're going to lose your big star and he's going to come to Boston? Um, but realistically, if we sign Aaron Judge, like there just will physically not be any money left for Bogarts or Devers. It would be a mess. So, sign with the Giants and just get out of our get out of our lives. Just go go across go the whole country and play out there. Um, Steph Curry, the Red Sox fans, trying to get him to move to San Francisco. So I didn't know Steph Curry was a Red Sox fan, but he's putting in work for us out there. Steph Curry is a Red Sox fan. Apparently. Yes, he is. Yeah, he's he's trying to convince Judge to sign with the Giants so he doesn't oh, well, play against the Red Sox anymore. <laughs> <laughs> did you say that, Joey? Did you say that Aaron Judge lives in San Fran? Yeah, he does. He's from there. All the pieces are lining up. I'd say. Yeah. Um, 
Um, Red Sox bench coach. We lost uh, Will Venable, which I, I didn't really like him personally. I didn't. Uh, I didn't really care strongly, but I didn't think he was anything crazy. I remember him as a player. That was weird. I yeah. I remember him more as a player than a bench coach for the team that I watch. Um, he got signed. Who did he sign with the Cubs? Rangers. Rangers. Rangers for some ridiculous made-up position. Yeah, he's not like executive assistant manager or whatever. Well, associate manager. Associate manager. Give me, give me, give me, give me Tech as our uh, as our bench coach. Bench I don't want him as my bench coach. I want him as some made-up position because I think those are really funny. Like how we made <laughs> Heim Bloom our chief baseball officer. Make make uh Veritech our. Executive supervising baseball guy. Well, he's currently the quality control coach. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> and he signed an he he signed an extension this offseason to remain with the team, whether it be quality control coach or any other role. That's hilarious. Yeah. Really doing a great job. The quality has been fantastic. I think <laughs> I think we should name him chair teacher. Just chair. <laughs> Just chair. Chair. Chair teacher. <laughs> and they all have chair. to call him Mr. Veritech. <laughs> Executive chair guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lineup card holder. Executive lineup card warmer. Call disputer. Guardian yeah. of the lineup card. <laughs> <laughs> Questions. It's the best part of the podcast. Um, the first question is, drum roll, please. Thoughts on Bogart's rumors to San Diego? I was gonna. Uh, not happening. Yeah, I mean, um, why, why? Why would the Padres need a shortstop? Yeah, because they just like they, spending money. They also <laughs> don't like Tatis right now. They they might shop him. Really? For that, that steroid thing? Among other things, yeah. He can hurt himself on like a bike. He just, he's, yeah, he's, he's uh, not very mature. He doesn't behave himself. No, he doesn't behave himself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also, who'd that report come from? Wasn't it John Heyman? So that means uh, nothing. John Heyman sucks. I hate that dude. Yep. He He's like, He's he's a Scott Boris fanboy. Yep. Also, he'll like like today with the Mike Clevenger thing, Ken Rosenthal or whoever had it first tweeted it out, and then Jeff Passan like an hour and a half later is like Clevenger the White Sox, Rosenthal had it first. Like, yeah, we know. <laughs> it was an hour ago. He's always he always does that. And half the time he gets like the spelling wrong or the name of the guy wrong or I want to see John Heyman and Bob Nightingale sit next to each other in person and just their collective brain cell. I want to see that work. Those two guys should have a podcast. Oh, they should. <laughs> have you heard John Heyman's voice when he's on MLB Network? Yeah. He sounds he like sounds he has a cold. Like... <laughs> I was going to say he, he looks half like... asleep. He sounds like what you think a mouse would sound like. He looks like a mouse too. Yeah. He's probably on MLB today. Where it's like, yeah. So the the White Sox are <laughs> signing um Mike Clevenger to a a one year deal. 
hate that guy. Yeah, and Bob Nightingale's like, uh, the Chicago Blue Sox are signing Marcus Freemage <laughs> to a one-year deal. The Chicago Blackhawks are signing Mike uh, Meat Clevenger. <laughs> Trevor Rosenthal had it first. Happy Easter, everybody. <laughs> All right. Um, can we make the playoffs? And if Heim doesn't make the playoffs, how pissed off are you? At Heim? Yes. He, he he won't be here to see how pissed we are. He'll be fired. That's old. Do you think that fired? I think I think that's true if the um if ownership is like like if ownership makes it clear that they want to win now. If the Red Sox don't make the playoffs, Heimblum's fired. If the if anything in the world works the way that it's supposed to work, then that's what's going to happen. Bold of you to assume that that. So it probably way. won't. Just like how Ryan Brazier stole with the Red Sox. If the Red Sox miss the playoffs, and Red Sox fans burn down the whole city, Ryan Brazier is going to be the only thing standing above the ashes, just somehow still there. Just to mock you, Jason. Just to spite me. Just to spite me. Just that's how it always works. <laughs> Next question, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got yeah, more more high and blue needs to be fired and sucks ass. I'm glad that we agree with most of Red Sox Nation here. Um, who should we go out and try and sign? Bogarts and or Devers. Good call. Yeah, that's good call. Um, Mike Hanniger. Mitch Hanniger, sorry, Mitch Hanniger for the outfield. Um, pitching, any pitcher. Chris Bassett can... would be pretty sick, but he'd probably cost a lot. Yeah, I'd like Bassett. He's got that Boston attitude. I think he would fit well here. You know what? I was thinking about it after you mentioned it last episode, Joey. Craig Kimbrell coming back to the Sox. I'm kind of, I'm kind of rocking with that. I think it'd be pretty yeah, cool. Would be nice. Yeah, it's, it's a low like cost a closer piece. option. He seemed Quite to figure missing. it out down the stretch. Yeah, I'm in for that. Oh, Plus, Chris. like, okay, so I may or may not be rocking with that because I just watched the 2018 World Series DVD and <laughs> saw a clip of him coming out to the bullpen with all the, or coming out to the mound with all the different like scoreboards with the fire and the whole. That, that'd be cool. But I mean, maybe he's not that guy anymore. I don't know. But maybe, maybe he'll come back to the Red Sox and um, tap into his younger roots and have a little renaissance and go crazy. It could happen. I'm seeing Chris Bassett is only his. It says his market value is twenty one million dollars. I'd take him for that. Here's an interesting guy. This is something that Heim would do. It, it's a terrible idea now that I think of it. But Corey Kluber. No, absolutely no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. It will be the same as James Paxton last year. Osim give him ten million dollars. He pitch maybe ten innings, maybe if he pitches at all. And if he does, maybe he does stay healthy. Maybe he's healthy and has a four ERA. No, pass. Taiwan Walker. No. <laughs> All of these options are so bad. That's what's so tough. And isn't Walker um isn't he a Boras guy too? He yeah, he is. 
Yeah, I remember hearing Boras say some wild stuff about. Yeah, him. Boris is off. Someone needs to record his like speech that he gives with all the rhymes. Someone needs to like breathalyze him before he talks. Yeah, he's strange, dude. Yeah, he's talking about Xander Bogart, and she's like, "No one has had an opportunity at the X Man like this. It's a marvelous opportunity, Marvel." Blah, blah, blah. He said something about a volcano one year and the lava and the molten <laughs> lava being the free agents. I don't know. It's just going to. I think Jason's just at a, a, fr- a boiling point of frustration with. Yeah, I love it. He hates everything baseball. <laughs> yeah. Number one position of need. Pitcher. Starting pitching. Starting pitching. pitching. And no. I mean, bullpen too, but you, you need starting pitching to win games. Yes. It's like I was talking to my uncle about this, how. In the NFL, you can have an incredible offensive line, best in the league. But if you have an awful quarterback, that doesn't really mean anything for you. Like, I think the quarterback is pretty comparable to starting pitching. You can't yeah. win championships without a good starting pitching staff. Agreed. Yeah. Um, speaking of, what are your thoughts on the return of Chris Sale next offseason? I'm joining the Garrett train on this one. I don't think you can Make rely on this guy at all. Yoke his ass if he doesn't actually play well this offseason. How long has it been? Like, I, if he I comes out and gets hurt again, if he just comes out and stinky poopy gets hurt again, it's been long enough. He's I enjoyed that one start. We lost the yeah. game, but I enjoyed Oh, my it. God. That start was one of the best nights of my life. We lost the game. <laughs> we don't need to talk about that. But for the first six innings were really fun. When he was slinging that slider, I was like, this is incredible. He had two runs or something, though, didn't he? Dude, we had two <laughs> runs is nothing with our I'll staff. I'll take that any day. Well, it's fair, I know. But he had one star. We all remember it so greatly. I thought he, like... Yeah, because I was beaming from from ear to ear. I was so happy that day. He was throwing that thought... slider, and I was, like, laughing maniacally. Yeah, I was, too. I thought the season was saved. Yeah, that was lit. That was lit. Um, too bad that didn't happen and he keeps getting hurt. Let's see it, Chris Sale. Throw the ball, stay consistently healthy. They're gonna have a, you're gonna be pitching five innings a game. You're gonna be eased into it. Pitch well. Dear God. If he if he gets hurt again, I say we just like rebuild him. Like make him like half robot. Yeah, Seriously, I was gonna say make him a cyborg. Like put How a bunch of metal in there. Left? Put some screws in there and some I don't know, motors and mechanics and whatever, and make him this superhuman cyborg machine. Who says no? What's the, what's his contract look like? Does anyone remember? $25 million. <laughs> For how many years, though? Uh, Two more? One more? Well, he gets hurt again. You could cut his... Okay. Um, I don't know. Am I the worst Red Sox fan ever for saying that? No, people are frustrated, but I I, I love him. He tries. <laughs> he oh, tries his best. Does he? You're rehabbing for a major league baseball team, and you decide the best way to get your lunch is to ride your bike. They say he was he was just sober and broke his hand riding his bike. He just fell off his bike. It's not that hard oh, to ride a bike. A twelve year old could ride your bike. Like, wait a minute. What what is a vesting option? Wait, what? Hold on. He <laughs> fell off his bike going to get his lunch. Like so, you, st- you, you make twenty-five million dollars a year, DoorDash. Thirty. He made thirty million last year. Actually, get the Dash Pass and DoorDash <laughs> some 
some Chinese food or something. You don't need a bike. Do you guys buy that? I don't. I don't necessarily buy that he fell off his bike. I, I do. Bike, it seems unlikely that he was totally conscious, just chilling, and fell off his bike by accident. I no, have to be like. We know how. I don't know. This is like pure speculation. They talked about this on the radio when it happened, but like, you know how fiery he is. You know how mad he is. He gets when he can't compete. You think he might have gone a little woo socks dugout on a wall and like broke his hand <laughs> that way, and they just covered it up like that? There's a chance. I don't know if it's likely that happened. I I don't know. I feel like- if that's what happened, I feel like they would have came up with a better excuse than falling off his bike. They said he no. Yeah, like, but they came up with it's the Red Sox. Like, they came up with something so stupid that you have to give it like a whole explanation. He was like, I was with him or something. It was like I was he was at. Also, he's so frail. Like he could have been like opening a pickle jar and broke his hand. That I'm might have been how he did it. it. Honestly, Probably pickle jars. I didn't when it first happened. I didn't believe that he broke his hand falling off his bike, just going from practice to get. I remember seeing the tweet and being like, "This is a joke, right? There's no yeah. way that's actually what happened." I feel bad for him, dude. Like, think of think of the rotten luck it all is. Well, yeah, because they're all I separate injuries. Bad for him, <laughs> bad for him until like, the bike thing. Yeah, people got mad at him for getting hit with a hundred hundred and seven mile an hour batted ball on the pinky. Like, he's supposed to not... Just get out of the way, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Don't put your hand there, dude. Use your glove. <laughs> dude, look at his whole injury part. He just consistently tries hurt, tries hurt, spending so much money on this guy. I'm just tired of it. I mean, hey, oh, what what if this is all just a Disney movie and he wins the site? <laughs> we win the World Series. We'll have just enough money to save the team. We'll be able to sign two guys, and we'll barely be able to win ten thousand dollars from the World Series win. We'll be able to save the team, <laughs> guys. That, it's on us. It's on us. Bogarts, Devers, they're gonna re-sign. Chris Sale is gonna return from the grave. We're gonna reinstate. I don't. Even, Dave Dombrowski's gonna come back and lead us to a championship. Red Sox decoration. We're getting the band back together. <laughs> Chris Sale thought his career was over until he decided to pitch right-handed, and he was really good. (laughs) He pitched 250 innings and didn't give up a run. He struck out every batter he faced. Mookie Betts decided that he wanted to come back to Boston. He had enough of that Los Angeles sunshine. He wanted to play with his friends in the middle of the night. He missed his friends. (laughs) (laughs) David Ortiz thought his career had ended six years ago but he became the only person to ever play baseball after being inducted into the Hall of Fame and then he hit a grand slam to win the World Series Ted Williams' frozen head was put on a robot and he managed the team <laughs> robot Ted, Ted Williams would be immediately canceled and like beat with a stick outside of Fenway Park, like barbed baseball bat. He is a war hero, Garrett. He is a war hero. <laughs> also known to be like a kind of a piece of crap. He's good at baseball though. Yeah. He hit four hundred. Hey, Ryan Brazier is a piece of crap, and he's still here. So. 
<laughs> what would happen if they put Ted Williams' head on Ryan Brazier's body? <laughs> the, it would just fall over. It wouldn't know how to like operate. Beaten by a stick outside of Fenway Park, probably. The head would fall off because it's just not compatible with that trash body. No, it yeah. wouldn't work. It wouldn't work because Ryan Brazier's neck is crooked. It wouldn't fit on. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, oh, that was a good tangent right there. <laughs> That's got, an all-time uh, tangent right there. That, that was all-time. So we have about $90 million to spend. How much do you think we actually spend of that? No, that's what the comment said. So, I mean, we can spend more than that. <laughs> yeah, we that's could. To the luxury tax. Technically, we could sign every free agent out there. True. Give me every single one of them. Okay, so let's put it like this. Do you think the Red Sox will go over the luxury tax? I think ownership wants them to. This is where this is where they messed up this season. If all they had to do was trade JD and they got under the luxury tax for the year and they'd start from square one. But now if they go over the luxury tax, that penalty is going to increase. That's the that's like the biggest problem. Yep. I'll say they go over. I hope I, they do. I think they'll go over because ownership wants to. They kind of need to. Like if they don't go over, I like, what the hell are you doing? Yes, because every Boston sports fan sounds exactly like that. Oh, come on, they didn't want to spend the money on these Come guys. on! <laughs> what are you doing? Hey, All hey, those... long, long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> Why aren't the Sox spending all this money? They are, they have John Henry as the owner. He owns Liverpool. Thank yeah. you, Frankie from Dorchester. Don <laughs> from my truck. <laughs> yeah, I'm driving down the 495 right now, and uh, I just want to know why the Red Sox uh, aren't doing anything. Man, I'm in line to drive throughs at Donkey Poos right now trying to get my iced coffee. Um, what what is the deal with this Heim Bloom guy? He sucks. He sucks, kid. What what is the deal? Yeah. Yeah. Garrett? Yeah. Xander <laughs> Bogats. Do we have uh, more questions? Or? Yeah. Yeah, we do. Sorry. I was totally daydreaming about something that one of you said. Um, anyway. <laughs> Which one? Which one of us? We said a lot of things. Well, now we got to know. The guy of 495, that made me think <laughs> about like mad stuff for some reason. I was totally a different planet. Joey, you're wearing a Stony Brook baseball? Yeah. That's lit. That's uh-huh. so sick. Finally fits. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, sick. Um, we have what role in the rotation will Paxton play next season of full health? I forget about this guy. Because you're never going to see him. Yeah, will he play? Yeah, I don't know. I was trying to say something funny. It's just there's nothing cooking there. <laughs> there's nothing funny about James Paxton. Please pitch for us. We give you money. Do something. That's all I got. Big Maple. Threw a no-hitter once. Had a bald eagle land on him. That's my guy. He's Canadian. So is Nick Pavetta. Maybe they can like do a little team-up power-up thing and... And boost each other. Yeah, it's two very mid guys. Yeah, you put them together and then you get a solid pitcher. 
Yeah, they can do this cool like high five and then swirl thing, and then all the air around them turns like red, and then you, <laughs> and then you, then I don't know. I can see Jason, that in a Disney movie too. What do you too. think Canada is like? Snowy hockey, Tim Hortons. Yeah, oh. Tim Hortons, eh? Nick Pavetta, eh? Big Maple. I'm gonna go to Tim Hortons and watch Big Maple play, eh? What's that about? That's all the questions we got, boys. SeatGeek is the best ticket provider out there for all sports, concerts, shows, and more. They make buying tickets easy by grading them a ticket price so you know you're getting the best deal. And they provide a view from your seat so you can get the perfect seats to any event. And guess what? Ladies and gentlemen, you can get $20 off your first purchase with SeatGeek by using the promo code DUGOUT. D-U-G-O-U-T. Dugout. Get out there, eh? Get some hockey tickets. Speaking of Canadians, how about the Boston Bruins? Yeah, dude. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Not just the Bruins, Um, but the Celtics, too. Been trying to get it to a hockey game, but the tickets cost so much. Dude, there. They could be $20 less if you use SeatGeek, though. So. That's facts. That's facts. Promo code dugout. That's D U G O U T. Yep. Dugout. It's the thing that Jason Veritek manages. It's where his chair is. All right. <laughs> anything uh anything else we want to touch on? Go birds. But, uh, birds? The Eagles are about to kick the Steelers' ass. Or not the Steelers, the Packers. You don't even know who they're playing. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Fraud. Fraud, Alex. Uh, I would uh, like to say Josh Jacobs might have just ruined my fantasy season, but oh, dude, I'm sorry to hear he that. Ruined my season. Oh, dude, you're still gonna wins. win. What do you mean? Uh, maybe, dude. You you would need Devonta Smith to have a 30 point game and Aaron Jones. All right, well that'll up. do it for this week's episode of the In the Got Podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you outshot. My bad. Thanks. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, we'll be back. The Christmas special, maybe. Uh, probably one more before that. All right. <laughs> the pre, the pre Christmas special, special. Yeah, coming at you. So ninety six. Next time. Getting there.